Teens Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queens Lead Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, we are joined by Stacey Renee Wright. She is a Texan and very excited to have her here today. Welcome, Stacey. Hello. Welcome. Thank you very much. I'm so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about you and what you do. Well, I am an entrepreneur. I've had five businesses over the last 20 years. I've had some really good successes, and I've had some really big failures about All 12 right. years ago. Yes, yes, the juicy stuff. I like the juicy stuff. <laughs> about 12 years ago, we ended up in a lawsuit. It was a, an ex-employee. It had nothing to do with the business, um, as a matter of fact. And the subsequent things that happened after that was a total loss. It was just a complete and total loss. It took about 10 years for wow. the whole thing to come apart, which included the business, right? And my husband at the time and all of the things that all the lifestyle that I had, that we had built, that I had dreamed about having and owning. And it was just all gone in a matter of 10 years. And wow. so it was a, it was a slow death for all of that to happen. Oh my gosh. But How painful. It was but I bet you painful. learned a bunch. Yes. I told him I got about, I got a $3 million MBA through that nice. process. <laughs> Way more valuable than any classroom, I'm sure. Right, right, right. Exactly. So about five years ago, I learned about uh, human design. I don't know if you're familiar with human design, but it's a, it's a system of wisdom about you. So it's like getting your owner's manual to yourself. It's based on your time, date, and place of birth. And I started to experiment. I started to have an experiment with that. And I thought, I'm just going to experiment with what, you know, it says I should be and who I should do and, and what I should do and how I should do it. And I started into this experiment. And as a result of that, it's been five years when I started from scratch as a, you know, middle-aged single mom. And now I have two patents, two pro three products, four brands and two companies. And so that's all a result of just following what was correct for me and being of service to the world, which is correct for me. Yeah, absolutely. And you were born in California. Is that right? And somehow made your way to Texas? No, actually I was born in Tennessee. Oh, in Tennessee. My, yeah. My dad was, my dad was one of those. He always was chasing a dream, right? So he was, he was a dreamer and a, a entrepreneur at heart. Um, so we moved all over the place. We lived in Iowa, Texas, Tennessee, Illinois, and then we ended up in California. So I got okay. to California when I was about a freshman in high school and never really grew roots there. I, I remembered Texas. Texas was always where I felt most at home. And so when I, I met my husband actually in California, my ex-husband, and we were in Northern California, he was from here, from Texas. And mm -hmm. so we ended up back here through a series of events um, that he said he would never move back to Texas. And, and I said, I want to move to Texas, but... As, as things progressed and things happened, you know, we, we had, 
we had ended up, I'll tell this story because it was an interesting story. We had a service-based business, which you're a service-based business, right? So it's, it's you doing the work to create whatever it is you're creating versus selling a product, a product yeah. that you can actually ship all over the world and you don't have to be there to service mm-hmm. the product. So we had uh, an insurance agency that was pretty successful and we, but I ended up, I had breast cancer and a one-year-old baby and this business that we were running. And so I didn't wow. have a lot of time to take care of myself, which I, I really to start taking care of myself and my kid and all the things. And so we decided at that point that we would, we wanted to get out of the service-based business and move into a product-based business, which we had never done before. So we were super green, but we sold the insurance agency and took all that money and dumped it into a new product. So we started this new company with this new product and we were so green in that process that we had ordered, ended up ordering 10,000 units of this product because, you know, if you buy 10,000, it's only, you know, a couple of it's cheaper, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'm assuming you did not test this product in the market before you ordered 10,000 of them. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Part so of the learning we, process, right? That was the big learning. Part, <laughs> part of the big learning, yeah. Luckily, the product was successful, but the actual manufacturing had failed. So we had to go in and mm. redo all these ten thousand pieces ourselves with our hands. So we had to. We had a lot of manufacturing process that we had to do, and we ended up in a tough situation, right? We had invested yeah. all this money, we had hired all these people, we were doing all the things, and then we had to like go back to square one and go back to, you know, start bootstrapping. And so we were in California, which was extremely expensive to do business. The workers comp alone was expensive. The building was expensive. So we thought we need to get out of California if, or go get jobs. So this is what my husband said is either we either go, go to work for somebody else, or we move out of the state. And I'm like, I'm packing. I'm like, I'll go pack right now. <laughs> moving south, man. It's cheaper down there. Yes, exactly. And so that's how we yeah. ended up back in Texas. Okay, nice. Wow. Yes. Was yeah. that the product that, um, was that the, the business that ended up in the lawsuit as well? Yeah. So we came back to Texas, rebuilt the company, built it up to about a $5 million company. So we were really rocking and rolling. Things were yeah. going really well. And then we got hit with a lawsuit from an ex-employee. So then, then, the ex-husband did some things that were not above board and that's how he became my ex-husband. It was like a whole come apart. The whole thing was just a disaster. Oh my gosh. What was the claim? If you don't, if, unless you don't want to share that. It was an invention claim. So he, okay. the, the employee said one of the products that we had was his invention. Oh, okay. And so irregardless of whose invention it was, he was an employee of the company and in the employment contract, it said any inventions anybody has as an employee of this company belongs to the company. The company, yeah. The problem was that we had an employee contract for every employee prior to him and every employee after him, but his contract could not be found. And oh my so gosh. that's what, because if we would, I mean, the contract would have null and void his claim entirely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So then we didn't have a contract. So we went to, we went into uh, court. I mean, it went into a lawsuit and then my husband at the time, he was, I think he was just scared. Right. And thought, well, I'm just going to make this all go away. And he forged a contract. And so that's the part that really cemented the whole thing. Right. So happened. Yeah. The judge would have said, okay, well, maybe the employee stole a contract. You're right. Maybe he took it out. There was, there could have been some mystery around it other than Mm. 
it was determined that it was a forgery in the court. And so it all fell apart at that point. That's so painful. So what's the big, like, what's the big takeaway? Is it um, document management, legal health counsel? Like, what can you tell someone in that potential situation, how to avoid that? Yeah, I would say definitely get your contracts in order, make sure your contracts are in order, make sure you have some kind of system set up, checks and balance that when you bring on a new person, that it gets followed through all the way through. And then make sure those documents are kept secure. Yeah. In a secure place. A very expensive lesson. It's extremely, yeah. He ended up winning the lawsuit. So he got $1.6 million judgment against the company. We spent over a million dollars in legal fees. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was a, it was a disaster. But now now. (laughs) you're helping others. You have two products patented now of your own and are helping other people bring products to market the right way. Tell us about that. That's so fascinating. So exciting. So I, so during that come apart, I was really grief. It was a big grief process, right? Obviously. Yeah. And I realized that, you know, drinking a bottle of wine every night was not something I could sustain. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Long-term, but I could, I mean, temporary people, solution. Right. Exactly. So I'm like, I gotta yeah. figure out another way to deal with this pain. Yeah. And I found that when I was of service to others, my pain lessened. And yeah. so I took that and ran with it. So I joined a bunch of different charity boards and just started volunteering at the soup kitchen and just threw myself into that world. And yeah really just met people and served others and just really did that. Well, what I was noticing after being in that world for about five years, I noticed that the needs in the community were going skyrocketing. When you talk about anxiety, you talk about mental health, you talk about depression and addiction, just going through the roof. And the charities that I was volunteering for couldn't keep up with the needs, let alone solve the problem. And I'm Mm. looking at this from an entrepreneur standpoint going, we can solve these problems. We can put a man on the moon. We can create a device that fits in our pocket, right? That connects us with all the world's information in a nanosecond. We can solve addiction. We can solve mental illness. So why are we not focusing on that? Well, it's because there's no money in that, right? There's no, there's no way doing that. So I decided from that moment forward, my next business venture would be about solving social problems. So I would create a business that was a normal for-profit business, and then we would use the profit to, to solve a social problem. So that's what we set out to do. So my idea was to create a manufacturing plant where we hire parents with small children, because I believe we can solve the mental health issue in one generation, but we've got to get to the kids. Yeah. So how can we get to the kids? So we hire their parents. We have a child care center on site and we have a commercial kitchen on site. So we provide breakfast, lunch, and take home dinners for the families, the wow. kids and the parents. So that does a couple things. One is it gives the nutrients that the kids' brains need to develop. That's yeah. a big problem in today's world. Mm-hmm. And two, it takes a load of stress off the parent. So you think about a single definitely. mom, yeah, right? definitely. If you could have a job like that where kids right next door and the food is all provided. Sign me up. Right? I mean, that literally solves so many problems, right? In yes. that one step. And this is in Texas. Yes. Yes. So that's, that, nice. that was the idea behind the mm-hmm. whole business. Mm-hmm. And so we needed to manufacture a product, right? So yeah. we need a, and we needed a product that was patented because we need a lot of profit to really build this out and make a difference. And so that's where I started. And so just 
this is the business model I'm going to do. And so I was telling my friend, I'm like, I'm going to do this and we're going to save the world. And she goes, that's fantastic, Stacy. What are you going to manufacture? And I'm like, I don't know yet. I don't know. I haven't gone that love far. That. And she said, well, I've got an idea for you. And I said, okay, what's that? And she said, well, I can never take a big girl bath. And I said, well, what's a big girl bath? And she goes, yeah. you know, the one where you're sipping wine, and you're reading your book. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Why can't you take a big girl bath? She said, because when I'm sipping my wine and I'm reading my book and I'm relaxing, I'm falling into the tub, drowning because my feet don't reach the end of the tub. Ah, uh, okay. And I thought, that's a problem. That's, that's a, a problem. problem. And she's yeah. five foot seven and she's not that short. So I thought, well, yeah. that, if she's having that problem, there's a whole lot of other people having that problem. And there was yeah. nothing on the market to solve that. So we filed for a patent and we went to be, got busy designing and engineering the world's first and only now patented bathtub footrest. All right. So that was product number one. So that is the product that we're, we're in the middle of launching and building this manufacturing plant with as we speak. Wow. Okay. And you have a couple of other patents too. Are those things being manufactured in the same place? Yes. Yes. So those, we have a couple more behind that, but what I did with the company is we set up a team that includes a patent attorney, an engineer, and a design, a designer, a product designer. So with that team, we can literally spit out inventions one after the other, and, and we can duplicate this manufacturing plant in other cities. So it's not just our local area that we can do this. We can pick this up and put it in LA. We can put it in Wisconsin. We can put it in Florida all the different places with each, with each patented product that we come out with. Nice. Okay. And so where are we in that process? So currently right now, and we're, since this is going to be coming out later, we're March of 2023. We are in the, okay. So the first phase was fundraising, right? So we have phase one fundraising and we're not using investor money because what do investors want? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They They want to extract the profit return. That's right. (laughs) Right. And we want to keep the profit in the company. So we're doing crowdfunding. So the first round of $80,000, we actually went out and found 10 people that believed in the vision that would give $8,000 each. So -hmm. we've got that round done. So that allows us to build the molds, get the mass production up that we need to get going. And then um, as we speak, we just are receiving a grant from our local uh, economic development corporation and nice. they have a program each year that they give you know up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars to young businesses to help get them started um, mm-hmm. to help get them off the ground so with that money and with the money that we've raised we're now going into ma- we're going to start the manufacturing plant we're actually opening that so got the cnc machine just just arrived today as a matter of fact wow awesome. yeah so up till now, we've been outsourcing the manufacturing. So we've had other facilities manufacturers ship it to us, and then we've been selling it on Amazon mm-hmm. and on our website. But we're going to bring the manufacturing in-house now. Nice. Okay. And so the vision is to hire single, single moms mainly. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Wrap support around them because what we're asking them to do in the society we live in is impossible. Yeah. You know, yeah, to, it's to provide a shelter and food and clothing and all the emotional intelligence that the child needs and their own, you know, keeping themselves sane in the process. It's just a lot. Yeah. Well, a lot for one person to take on a lot for one person. It takes, it literally takes a village now more than ever. I feel like in this society. 
It, yeah. You're exactly right. And, but you think about it, you think about when I was little, my grandma, both of my grandmas on both sides had a huge front porch with the front porch swings. And oh, yeah, mine at too. least once a week, there was a group of people sipping iced tea, sweet tea on the sweet porch. Tea. That's right. Talking about what was going on. And with one, if one of them went down, if something was going on, they were all there the next day with casseroles. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We're feeding you. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. Yes. But there was that sense of community. There was that sense of, you know, we got you. Like if you've, right. you're not alone in this big world. And yeah. today I don't even know my neighbors. Like I yeah. barely know half my neighbors. And that's because one of them started a neighborhood um, group on Facebook. So now I know them on Facebook. Yeah. As far as just, we don't have that connection and that support that we used to have. And so that's Mm -hmm. really what this is. It's bringing that back to wrap that support around our families. Mm -hmm. And then to educate those children while they're your captive audience in the daycare with, with what, where are you bringing in psychiatrists, teachers, teachers, um, Uh, Well, bringing in teachers for the children to help Mm -hmm. their brain development, right? So that they're, Mm -hmm. because they found brain development happens from zero to seven. Mm -hmm. And if they're living in chronic stress during those years, their brain doesn't fire quite right. And that's, that lasts forever. So Mm -hmm. what we're doing is we're taking the stress off. So they're not living in that chronic stress. And then we start working intentionally with their brains to start building those patterns that maybe their their parents may not have that development in their brain. So they can't pass it on to their children. So we're really intentional with what we're passing, what we're doing with the child's brain, but we're also coaching the parents. So the managers Mm. on set on staff are coaches. They understand stress and the brain and how long-term stress, which most, most, most single moms have been through some pretty like um, uh, decades now. (laughs) Right. right, Exactly. Yeah. So helping them with coping mechanisms with with building out their tools on how to process stress, how to process emotion, how to, um, how to teach that to their children. So really working with them on that. Yeah. That's a huge deal. There's a, uh, there's a psychiatrist or psychotherapist I follow on socials and he's a little controversial, but he has a very unique perspective on the diagnosis of ADHD and mental illness in children that what he says is that we just don't know how to deal anymore. We're not teach. We don't know how to deal. And so we're not teaching our children how to deal. And that is, it, you know, it's being personified or, or, or shown out in people with these diagnosis of ADHD, which really may not be exactly the case, but they've, they've used these coping mechanisms to that end now because they can't cope. Yeah. Well, I mean, the world we live in is, is, is not easy to live in the society that we've created. And this is why I love talking to female entrepreneurs, because I believe that there we're in a, we're in a shift, an evolutionary shift right now. And the women are coming to the surface and the women are rising and the, the women leaders are coming to the surface. And what we're getting is we're getting visions for a different way of doing business. Yeah. Because when you think about what creates the society we live in, it's the businesses that are creating the society we live in. Yeah. So if we start doing business differently, which the female entrepreneurs, I know they're doing business differently, Definitely, that's going to change our society. And I'll give you a great example of this. I have a friend who's an insurance agent and you think, you know, how can an insurance agent change the world? Well, I'll tell you exactly how she can do it. She discovered several years ago, like three years ago, that working 40 hours a week 
wasn't giving her the time she wanted to spend with her kid and her husband and giving her time to go to the grocery store and shop and cook and all the things she wanted to do for her family. Yeah. And she thought, I don't, why are we working 40 hours a week? It's not working for me. Why, why are we doing that? But her very next thought was, if I'm having this problem, I bet the people that work for me are having a bigger problem because some of them are single moms. Yeah. And so her next action step was to sit down with her team and say, Hey, are, can we do what we do in less time? And if so, if we can figure out how to keep the trajectory of our growth going and do all the things we need to do in 30 hours, I'll pay you off for 40 and go spend time with your family. Right. And we did. They put their yes. hands together and within two months, they were efficiently doing everything they were doing before in 30 hours a week. And they were getting to spend that extra 10 hours with their kids. That is huge. Yeah. That's huge. And, and I was, when I was 20, and I was working for an insurance company. That was my first job. I was stuffing into yeah. an insurance agency. And this guy, I'm sure he worked long and hard to build this business, right? He had plenty of employees. He made a lot of money. He lived in Beverly Hills and he decided he didn't want to work 40 hours a week. And guess what? He didn't. That's right. He didn't work. He didn't work anymore. Right? right. Yeah. Here you are stuffing envelopes for 42 hours a week. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah. that was the mentality. Mm-hmm. When a woman comes along, we just mentality. What? Oh, oh, okay. I feel like there's something there. <laughs> <laughs> good one. That's a good one. But that's what's created our society, right? Is that mentality? Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> but the female entrepreneurs are doing it different, and I'm so excited to see that. And just even the visions that I've gotten and the inspiration that I've gotten to bring to life is completely different than what we've ever done in the past. Definitely. So. Yeah. So I'm, I, I love talking to female entrepreneurs and I just want to tell them, go with your gut, go with your instinct, do it. It's going to be different than it's ever been done before. And there's going to be people telling you, you can't do it. And I just say, no, do not listen to anybody else. Mm -hmm. Find your power, find your strength and bring your vision to life because the world needs it. They do. We've got to have something different because I mean, what is the definition of insanity? continuing to do what we've always done because it worked. Well, guess what? Shit's not working no more. So it's time to shake it up. Okay. Right. People, this shit does not work. We got to do something different. Exactly. And I, I think you're right. I mean, with, with women, you know, rising up in leadership more and more all the time. And plus, you know, I think COVID has gotten a really bad rap. Obviously it was a terrible thing, but it's brought some beautiful things to our society, like remote work, understanding that is there really a life work balance? Not to me. There's just a life, right? Right. We just have a life, whether, you know, and like, like you said, what can we do in what amount of time? What's better for you? Is it better for you to work from 10 to three? If you Mm -hmm. can do your work from 10 to three from your home. Great. I'm getting more productivity from a 200 team members, you know, sitting at home than I could in an office anyway, because they're able to take care of their own needs, the needs of their family, run to the doctor's office or the dentist's office in the midday and still get their work done. Maybe after the kids are in bed, there's a different way to do things. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to happen between 9am and 5pm in a, in a vacuum, right? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know how many emails I can get done at 10 o'clock at night? (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And awesome. there's a whole thing called email scheduling. We don't have to be filling people, you know, we can schedule them to go out in the morning, right. but we can yes. get the work done when we can get the work done. Exactly. And when I our, love that when our energy is aligned for it. That's what I'm a big proponent of following the energy. Yeah. Yeah. 
So tell us a little bit about, um, about your company and how you're helping other people bring their products to market. Okay. So we actually buy ideas. So if somebody has an idea for a product that is patentable and they don't want to bring it to market, they don't have the resources or the bandwidth or don't have a desire, we will pay them for the life of the patent 2% royalty and we will take it to the, to the marketplace. So that's what we did with my friend. So she gets 2% royalties for the life of the product. Uh, we bought another idea. So we've got the a second idea coming behind that. And then her idea, the bathtub footrest actually pivots nicely to a toddler table in the tub. Oh, so okay. that's, yeah. So that's another nice. whole other market, whole other product um, with that, with that. So we, we part, okay, so we can do that. So we can just buy it outright and take it to market. Mm-hmm. If an entrepreneur, so I have another uh, person we're working with, he's got a great idea and he loves sales and he wants to be involved with his, his invention. Mm-hmm. So we do everything else. So we do the engineering, the manufacturing, the patenting, and then he's going to do all the sales. So we're partnering with him. So the split with him is a lot different than the split with somebody who's just getting a royalty. Sure. So we can work, we, we've, we've managed to, we've created kind of different modules. So it just depends on what the inventor needs. We can wrap support around them. The biggest thing that we care about is the synergy with the purpose. We want people who align with the purpose of making a difference in the world. That's who we want to do business with. And that's the inventors we want to work with. So if they want, if somebody has a good idea for a product and they care about making the world a better place, that's the people we want to work with. There's lots of companies out there that can monetize a patent and bring an invention to life. And we're not looking to compete in that market space. We really are products for good. So, so for example, our bathtub footrest, um, I asked a local shelter, a crisis center, the, the women's shelter, um, mm-hmm. for women who have had domestic abuse and yeah. they have children and they're living in the shelter. So I said, what do you guys need? That's an ongoing need that you always need. And, and the director said right off the bat towels, we need towels because yeah. when we hand out a towel to a new resident, when they leave, they take their towels with them. Yeah. So, so we always need towels. And so now for every bathtub footrest we sell, we're donating a towel to the shelter. So it's a nice. one-for-one social impact business model. So that's what we would ask of any inventor that we work with, that they find some kind of social cause that that, that product can be go towards. And okay. So it's not just the cause of the, the staff at the manufacturing. You're also right. donating to various organizations throughout the need, you know, whatever the need is and wherever the inventor originates from exactly that's exactly that's right so great. i exactly. love that yeah oh my gosh so it's oh, more powerful. of a holistic right we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hit it from multiple angles yeah okay i love that and then you are also um a coach to oops you're also a coach to female ceos i am i, I consider myself more of a mentor and a guide than i am a coach just because i, I don't um i like sharing my experience and sharing my wisdom with others but I, I, I'm not much of a coach. So I'm not going to sit there and say, did you do your homework last night? Yeah. That's right. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so I'm more of a, a mentor guide, but I have created a community where people can learn from me and can glean from the, you know, the $3 million MBA that I received <laughs> and, and just gather with other female entrepreneurs. It's an online community. And we just talk about working with our energy flow, how we do business differently. How can we get supported in doing business differently? And people can bet out new ideas because, you know, we all, 
female entrepreneurs are getting new ideas for the future. There's yeah. no owner's manual on how to get there. So <laughs> it really helps to have a mastermind community of yeah. other entrepreneurs that can help you vet that out and, and make it profitable. Yeah. Okay. Well, how can people get involved with that? They can, the website is ceoessentials.net. Okay. So that is where they can go for that. If somebody's interested, if they have an invention that they would like to talk to us about, they can find us at iptomarket.biz. Um, and then if somebody just wants to hang out with me on social media, Facebook and Instagram, my handle is the same. It's stacy.renee.ceo. Okay. Awesome. Well, that, that sounded like an ending, but I wasn't trying to end. I just wanted oh. people to know where they can find you okay. <laughs> and where they can come and hang out in that, um, in that place with you. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the, um, about the origin story. I'm interested to, uh, to learn what that means. The origin story of, uh, of where you came from and how that identifies with your purpose. You, you mentioned at the very beginning. Oh, the human design, human design. Yes. Oh Sorry my gosh. That. Yes. That is just, it is. Okay, so human design, the whole premise of the human design is that we're heading into a new era of time. This is new wisdom that has come to the earth for us to help us. And it combines like six different ancient wisdoms. So it combines um, astrology. It, it has some chakra work in there. It has some, um, um, oh, what's the other one? the I Ching, the Chinese I Ching. So there's okay. all these different quantum physics comes into play with this. So it's all of this combined into one. And it yeah. tells us who we were designed to be originally. So it's based mm. on the science of the neutrino stream. So the neutrino stream is coming in. We're bathed in this neutrino stream of energy all around us all the time. And it's continuously changing and it comes from the universe, right? So it's all around us all the time. The moment we're born and we take our first breath, we breathe in the neutrino stream of that moment and it imprints us. And that's where we can get clues about how we're designed to operate. So we're all here for a purpose. We're all here to help the evolution of humanity go forward. And yes. we're all imprinted with a piece of what that looks like in the future. How interesting. So then we get come into society and society says, no, you shouldn't be so boisterous. No, you shouldn't be so emotional. No, you shouldn't be so sensitive. You should be more outgoing. All of those things that we learned in school by well-meaning adults, right? Or you should be less. This is what I heard. Be less. Yes. Shush. Yes. You're quiet. Your voice carries. You're loud. You're too much. Yeah. So to be less. Yes, yes. exactly. So yes. We're, trained, we're trained away from who we are. <laughs> Absolutely. And then there's a journey back to who we are, right? Getting back mm -hmm. to who we are. That's pretty much everybody's life journey. <laughs> God, that's so interesting that you said that. I'm, uh, like I said, I'm public speaking and I'm taking some coaching from a, a public speaker to help yeah. me to use my voice as an instrument. And the, the, one of the very first lessons he speaks is we learn how to speak up until about age two or three. And then the influences of others and the way our parents and others speak mm -hmm. begin to take us over. And mm -hmm. he talks about the 88 keys of a piano and the 88 keys of our voice mm -hmm. and where we keep our voice, our physical voice is right here in the middle most oh, of wow. the time, right? Because we're trained yeah. and yeah. it feels so unnatural to talk like this or to talk very low or to talk right. very loud or to talk very quiet. And it's not unnatural or weird or anything. It's just not what we're used to. It's not yeah. what the box we've been forced into after we yeah. learned how to speak as a, a fun, boisterous child or a quiet yes. child, whatever yeah. we were mm -hmm. at, at first is not yes. what we become as adults. So I love that we're circling back to this conversation. Yes. 
So that's mm. what human design gets it's juicy. Super, yes. Yes. Super juicy is human design because it gives us clues about who yeah. we were designed to be. And mm. when we align with that, the power and ease that happens in our life is unnatural. It is unbelievable. Mm. It is magical. And that's what, what happened to me. I was fortunate when I started my human design experiment, which is what they call it. They say, don't listen to what anybody says about you, you yeah. find out what your chart says, and then experiment with it. Mm-hmm. This is your life. This is your experimentation. And the yeah. more you are aligned with who you are designed to be, the more it all happens naturally. Mm, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. We don't have to go out there and do all the doing, right? We have to be aligned with who we are and then it comes to us. So that's, so mm. I was fortunate because I was in a space in my life where I just lost everything and yeah. I had nothing left to lose. Clean slate. Let's just start over. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go full on into this experiment. Yeah. Part of the experiment is for me making decisions with my gut, mm-hmm. not my mind. Cause our mind mm. is where all that conditioning lives that pulled us yes. away from who we are. So yeah. human design says everybody has a way to make decisions and it's never the head. It's never the brain. So that's the first part. That's just like crazy. And so I was experimenting with making decisions with my gut, not my brain. So, mm. and I'm designed to respond to life, not to go out and make things happen. So I, I'm not necessarily getting inspiration and go, I am getting inspiration, wait for the next step, respond with a yes or a no based on my gut. That's my experiment with my human design. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, let's do this. This is, this is what I, I want to make an impact in the world. And I want to make a powerful impact for the world. Yeah. So show me what that looks like. And I just went into like the surrender and experiment, like whatever comes my way, I'm going to answer with my gut. So I got an email that said, Hey, what you have been selected to be, um, to join this entrepreneurs club. It was a national entrepreneurs club. And there was a $10,000 entry fee. And that was a lot of, that's a lot of money. And EO? Got, Are you talking about EO? No. Oh, okay. No, it was uh, the I can't remember, oh, the Heroes Club. Okay. And so I didn't have, like, I was in a point in my life where it made no sense for me to write a check for $10,000. Yeah. yeah. I, I was, my old business had gone away. My new business hadn't started. I was in between. Yeah. And my head was like, hell no, do not. You cannot spend that money. And my gut was yeah. like, no. Go, go. Yeah. So I just went with it. I thought, you know, it's an experiment. I've already lost millions of dollars. What's 10? Right? So I wrote the check. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. What's 10K more? Right. Exactly. So I, I went to the first meeting. It was in South Dakota, of all places. So I'm there in South Dakota. I meet some cool people and it was, it was, it was fun. It was nice. I met some really cool people and then I came home and that was it. And after that first meeting, I had zero desire to go back. It was like all of a sudden that part that was lit up and that was saying yes in my gut was now saying no. And I was confused. I was like, mm-hmm. this makes no sense. I paid $10,000. So I forced myself to go to the next meeting and I forced yeah. myself to go to the next meeting. And every time I went, I left drained, just empty and just, wow. yes. So I thought, okay, I'm going to quit going because that's the other part of my design. I'm supposed to do what lights me up yeah. and I'm supposed to not do what doesn't light me up. And so it was right. not lighting me up to go to these meetings. So I quit, I quit. I'd spent $10,000. My mind is saying, no, you, you spent $10,000. You need to go for the whole year to get yeah. your money's worth. But my gut was like, nope, you're done. So I just let it go. And I thought, well, that was an expensive experiment. Mm-hmm. Don't know what this is doing, but I kept going through the whole process. 
And then a year later is when this, this new business started. And I started it with a, with a, an acquaintance that, that I had met and my gut was saying, yes, do this. And my head was saying, no, partnerships don't work out. It's not a good, you don't even know this woman. How are you going to go into yeah. business with her? That's yeah. a too big of a commitment. No, but my gut was saying, yes, go, go, go. So I thought, okay, I'm in this experiment. Let's go. So we started this company and the first thing we needed was patents written because we had mm-hmm. these ideas and these things going and we really did we didn't have a lot of money. To, we were bootstrapping. So we needed yeah. a patent attorney who was an entrepreneur who would join us to be a partner with us. And yeah. that's not super easy to find. But luckily at the first meeting in South Dakota, the very first guy I sat next to was a patent attorney entrepreneur who we hit it off famously. He looked like my brother. Like we, you know, like we had that bonding moment. Yeah. Great. So I called him up and I said, Hey, we're doing this, you know, crazy entrepreneur thing and we're going to make a difference in the world. Would you want to be a part of this? And he said, you know, I absolutely would love to. He goes, I want to leave a legacy bigger than me. And this sounds like a great opportunity to do that. Yes. And so he's now written way more patent work than $10,000. Nice. So throughout this experience, that's one example of many I could give that shows that this whole, there's an intelligent force that, that is driving things that is driving our evolution that's driving this new era that we're coming into. And if we can learn to surf that energy, yeah, it's doing the hard work. Yeah. So all of these things that have fallen into place as a result of me surrendering to my, who I am, who I was designed to be, Mm -hmm. it's just a beautiful thing. And so now I just, scream it from the rooftops and especially for female entrepreneurs find yeah. your human design and experiment with it because it will change everything wow so is there like an actual program on this human design that someone can go in and, and enroll in or take a, take an assessment to find out or is this kind of up to you to figure it out on your own well yeah it's, it's a big world out there and there's a lot of people teaching human design so there's a lot of different people out there teaching human design. There's a lot of different places you can go to run your chart. You just need your time, date and place of birth. And, um, and on my website on ceoessentials.net on the course tab, there's a whole section on human design. So it, it starts from the very beginning, how to run your chart. So it walks you through all the process of getting started with human design. Okay. And then if you, if it, you know, if it calls to you and you want to be go deeper into that, I have a mastermind that is actually just human design. And we just talk about human design and that experiment process. And so people can join in that we do have the online community. We have a whole room where we just talk about human design. So there's a, there's a lot of different ways that you can get involved with human design. I, I encourage people to find somebody that resonates with them that, that, you know, where their gut says, I need more. I want to talk to that person. I want to be in that person's life. Yeah. Find that person that teaches human design and then connect with them and learn Mm -hmm. from them. I love that. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Yes. yes, That's so good. I mean, it's just ever since I feel like I've kind of found my purpose and I haven't gone through the human design portion of that, but but having that, that bigger purpose that's out in front of you versus these little finite projects that we're constantly working on. Yes. It just brings more life to your life. Right. I mean, it's, it it makes work happy instead of a a slog because you're doing something that really matters to you and others, you know, making that impact on other people. If you think about the energy that you hold when you're doing something that completely fulfills your soul, mm-hmm. that energy, you can do so much with that energy. 
And so yeah. the whole experiment is to how long can you stay in that energy? Like, how can you build your life to where you're lit up 90% yeah. of the time? Because I yeah. mean, obviously we have to shower and put on makeup and the stuff you don't, I don't necessarily yeah. like doing, but for the majority of the time, if you can delegate the stuff that really just drains your energy and do the stuff that lights you up, there's going to be so much energy that just surrounds you and push propels you forward into your mm -hmm. life's purpose. I, absolutely. Yeah. But I would, I would love to run your chart for you, Amy. I would absolutely be happy. Oh to my do gosh, that. do it. I can't yeah. wait to hear this. Like, I don't, I don't know. And like what I've found is the more I push into that energy source, whatever, whatever you want to call it, you know, mm -hmm. I have found that like, you know, there's a certain sect of people you're going to repel Yes. with that energy because you are so energetic and so passionate about the thing, but yeah. that's okay because there's like 8 billion people on this planet and right. if like 0.3% of them resonate with me and I can help them move forward within well, hot day and we got something, right? Like, great. That's great. I hate that it took me till I was almost 40 to recognize that a few years oh, ago, girl. but holy cow, like what a difference and what a change that can make when you're with your people and in your flow and in your yes. energy all the time. There's nothing more fulfilling than that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Let's run the chart. Oh my God. I didn't ask my mom what time I was born. Yes. You gotta <laughs> I don't know. know what time you were born. That's right. I know. I hope she remembers. It's been a really long time ago. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> on your birth certificate. Oh, didn't think of that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah I, you know, if I can read that old crumpled up thing, it's, it's quite old. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Right. Well, what, what takeaways like, um, can you give, um, can you give our audience, we are already coming up on time and I'm shocked with I, this conversation has been so great. Um, mm. What do you want to leave the audience with? Mm. I want to, I'll, I'll leave them with the piece of advice that changed everything for me 12 years ago when I started going through this process. It was actually a few years before the lawsuit happened, but I, are you familiar with Louise Hay? No. She wrote a book called, um, well, she wrote many, many books. She actually started a publishing company because she was, and this was back in the seventies and eighties. She was talking about how our thoughts create energy. Our thoughts create disease in our body. So yeah. she was talking about this way back then. And there was no publisher that would publish her books wow. because it was so crazy, right? Yeah. That's too woo-woo, right? Yes. Like, no, 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 no. So she started her own publishing company. It's Hay House okay. Publishing. Like H-E-Y? H-A-Y. H-A-Y. So okay. She's published. I don't even know, hundreds of thousands of books now for authors that were on the leading edge, right? Yeah. So she, she was way ahead of her time. Yeah. Now it's called a thought leader, but right. we've yeah. always had these people. We just, yes. we shut them up before. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so she was doing an interview and she was talking to this person and she's passed away since, but she was like 87. So super wise. And she had helped millions of people in the world. And she said, you know, he was like, you know, how do you get, know to give advice? What advice do you give to different people for different things? She says, well, I used to give one set of advice for people that were having career issues. And then I give a different piece of advice for people that are having health problems. And then a different piece of advice for people that are having relationship issues. Right. She goes, but the older I get, the more I realize it's one thing. It's one piece of advice for everything. Mm. And I was sitting on the edge of my seat going, what is yeah. that one thing? Same. I can do one thing. <laughs> Right. I'm so overwhelmed with all the things. Yeah, right. <laughs> that one thing is if you truly, truly learn to love yourself mm -hmm. so deeply and unconditionally, mm -hmm. everything else falls into place. You're absolutely right. And I took her word for it. And she, she had these 12 commandments of learning to love yourself. And so I printed them mm -hmm. out and I put them on my mirror 
on my workout equipment, on my, in my computer, like everywhere. And I just yeah. committed to loving, learning to love myself. And that was a process in and of itself. God, I love that. Yeah. But it, God, I love that. That, that, that is the, I would have to say, if there's anything that's moved me forward more than anything, it's that one thing right there. Yeah. Loving and not just loving Amy Singleton, 41 years old, sitting in Oklahoma city right now at 2:53 PM on March 29th, but loving Amy Stapp that was born on September 2nd, 1981 and loving Amy Stapp and kindergarten year when she was too much and too loud and couldn't figure it out. And fat Amy in high school that had no friends and couldn't figure life out and, and divorcing Amy in her late twenties and every version of me, mm-hmm. that was the key. Yes. And speaking it out loud, girl, I'll be in the bathtub, which I need to order one of these foot rests. Cause you're so right. <laughs> <laughs> now if we can just do something about the depth of the water in these garden tubs that like, you either have to choose like your belly or your boobs to be covered by the water. This is my problem. So if you can figure that one out, let me know too. But I speak in the, in the tub to myself. I mean, it's okay, Amy. Like you mm. weren't too loud. You weren't too much. You just mm. didn't know any better, you know, and, and speaking continually reiterating that love to myself has been the number one change. Yes. And, and it's not that the, the, okay. So, and I'm glad you said that because it's, it's, it, that part of us doesn't go away. Right. Mm-hmm. But we learn to talk to her in a way that's mm-hmm. kind and that empowers us. That gives us, it propels us forward. Yeah. That, that broken part of us is always there, mm-hmm. or at least it still is yeah. for me. For sure. But, yeah. But I can talk her through whatever is coming up along the path. That's right. That's right. That's awesome. Thank you so much. If you didn't hear that, let me say it again, ladies <laughs> or guys, whoever's listening, love yourself, love every version of yourself because you are worth it. And you were put on this planet for a reason, dig in and figure out that reason. If you need to connect with Stacy to figure that reason out, head over to ceoessentials.net and take the quiz. I know I'm going to do it or whatever the assessment, figure it out and start following the path that you were put on this planet to make. Yes, absolutely. That's what makes a leader. That's what makes a queen. Thank you for being my guest and for being a queen that leads. This was an incredible conversation. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely.